0: Bible podcast: with Regular people on a quest to discover the treasures in God's Word. My name is Matt, and with me today are Karen, hey. Eric, hey there. and Tracy. Good morning. We are going to continue today through the book of Job. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna ramp things up a little bit here in Job. Um, <laughs> the, the, the truth of the matter is, there's not a whole lot of variation in what's going on here. You got uh, Job's friends kind of continuing to be sort of awful. Um, and Job continuing to try to defend himself, and um, so uh, we're going to be talking about chapters 13 through 24 today, um, and we jump right into it. In fact, we left off last week with, oh, sorry, Job 12, and Job was kind of in the middle of a discourse going there, and so he, he continues here in 13 with with more of what he had started talking about in 12, so to, I guess to back up to 12 there a little bit, he was um, really, this is when he was really starting to get, not get back, but um, really started to defend himself to, uh, this was after <laughs> Zophar had been talking to him about how he needs to repent, and you know, Job is kind of going, you know, I know what you're saying. Uh, I we I know that God sustains. I know that wisdom comes from experience. And if God wants something done, it's going to happen. Um, we were kind of actually leaving off last week, and I think it was after we turned off the recording. We were kind of wondering, is Job showing that he sort of believes in this prosperity gospel as well as his friends? Because it, it just sort of sounded a little bit like maybe he's thinking, too, there must be a reason that I'm going through this stuff. Um,
1: well, he definitely feels attacked by God. Like, he says that a few times. He's like, why Why are you doing this to me? Mm-hmm. He keeps saying that.
2: And I'm not sure why. Yeah.
0: And that really is the theme of a lot of the book here. Um, he, he's in 13 there. He's chapter 13. He's continuing on and... He, he's kind of going, you know, I, I understand that God is powerful. I'm just like you guys who uh, keep railing on me here, I understand that God is powerful. I understand that he is great. And, um, you know, in verse 5, he says, oh, that you would be silent and it would be your wisdom. It's like, if you guys could right. just be quiet for a second here. and
2: and uh, But they were okay. silent for like seven days. Yeah, that, that's a long time being silent. And we're <laughs>
1: gathering some steam for this speech here. Mm-hmm. He, he says, um, one of my favorite texts is Job 13 and 15. Though he slay me, yet will I hope in him. I will surely defend my ways to his face. So like all of the stuff, he doesn't understand it. and He doesn't like it. And it's awful. And he wishes he was dead. <clears throat> and none of that changes his point of view on God. He still trusts God.
2: No, especially in um twenty, only two things uh, do not do to me. I will not hide myself from you. He says, "You know what? I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, you know, not approach this, or I'm not gonna face this head on." But then he also says, "But when I speak, can you can you talk to me? You know, can you say something?" I think that's that's part of, you know, his his plight on faith at that point. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. How many wrongs have I committed? Show me my offense and my sin. Why do you hide your face?
0: Yeah, that's in verse 23. And I had that noted here as well. Just thinking, you know, if, if we could take that attitude in our own lives and be more like, can you show me what I've done? And instead of a constant, I'm fine. And fine. You know, God, if you could show, you know, show me my sins, God, so that I can repent, so that I can, um, so I can do Your will.
1: Um, but that t- that shows you His point of view because He's said already a number of times in the first twelve chapters, like, I haven't sinned, I haven't sinned, yeah, you know. But now He's like, He can't help but think of this, like, Is this a punishment? Like, did I do something that I don't remember? Show it to me. Right. I'll apologize.
0: Yeah. So he, he continues on. He's uh, well. He starts in well. He's starting into chapter fourteen there. But like a lot of times in the Bible, it seems like I, I, I can, sometimes I wonder why they put the divisions where they do because yeah. tra- verse twenty eight is clearly starting into chapter fourteen. So it's kind of a weird place to right. But he's talking about how man decays like a rotten thing and like a, ga- a garment. He, he he's acknowledging that. Our time is temporary. That um, we're relatively insignificant in the scheme of of eternity, I guess. And you know, this is this is before a guy was able to look out into the stars and see just how small planet Earth is. You know, but even then, he's it seems to me he's recognizing that our inf- our influence is really very small. And he says, "Man's time is." Uh, we're limited. It says, uh, man who is born of woman is a few days and full of trouble. You know, we're, we don't have a lot of time here and what time we do have um, gets filled
2: up with not fun stuff. I was looking at 27 though and I don't know. What chapter? um, Chapter 13, Uh verse 27. Just right before we jump into this part, to me, it was almost like you was saying, you put my feet in stocks and stocks limit your motion, limit where you can go, limit how big your steps are, your strides are, your direction. Mm-hmm. And it says, and you watch closely all my paths and you set limits. So it's to me, it's almost like saying, you know what, you put me on this path for some reason. I really can't deviate from it or, or move, you know, in a different direction at this point. It's almost like he's saying, you know, God, this is you at this point. I have nothing to do with this. Yeah, well, I think he's definitely,
0: I'd say from the very beginning, he's been acknowledging that this is God or he's, that God is involved with this. Um, not to the point of blame, um, but clearly
2: knowing that this isn't random. And like we had talked about last week, you know, there's a few U's in here that are all capitalized. I don't know if they're capitalized in your, in your versions, but this is definitely saying, you know, God, this is, this is all you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, he goes into,
0: well, going into the 14 here, he's talking about a lot about how, how lim- limited our time is, how limited we are. Um, you know, he, he, my notes here, I'm saying that in 512, paraphrasing, he says, you know, when man dies, he has no power to return. Um, and if I died, I wouldn't feel this anymore.
1: Um, <clears throat> yeah, he goes over that in 14 too. He says, at least there's hope for a tree. If it's cut down, it will sprout again. But mm-hmm. if a man dies, he breathes his last and there's no more." more.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the theme all through 14, is that mm-hmm. this is a one-shot deal. He doesn't believe that, well, you know, next time I'll... Take another swing at it. Yeah. Yeah. He um he in in 14. 2, 10, in fifteen he hints at a resurrection in fourteen mm-hmm. fifteen, and in twenty one, he's he uh, points out that you know dead don't don't take part in; they're not aware of what's happening in the world.
0: He finishes up here with let's see, 18 through twenty-two, talking about how our hopes. Crumble and are worn away, and how God is over all of it. He's I don't know. I, Job's clearly hurting, and he is. This is this is all done in the context of prayer, and he's 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 acknowledging God's sovereignty. He's acknowledging man's um, not insignificance. That's the wrong word. Our lesser What's the word I'm looking for? Um, I should have written down
3: a word here. I don't know where you're trying to go. (laughs) I don't know.
0: (laughs) We're not in charge, basically. We're not in charge, and and we're limited and um, fleeting, really, and uh, the finite. Yeah. Yeah, we're finite.
3: Yeah, there's a few things that struck me here this week that. In many ways, we think Job and his compatriots are completely at odds in their argument through this, mm-hmm. but they're not. Yeah. They're far less at odds, I think, than we are today, because both Job and his compatriots believe that there is a God. Yeah, They both believe that that God is sovereign.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: They both believe that that God is, serves justice. Now, how they view how that justice rolls out is different, mm-hmm. but they both believe that there is such a thing. They both believe that there is such a thing as wrong. These days, there's all those things are up for grabs. You know, it may be wrong for you, but it's not wrong for me.
1: Right.
3: Um, and as they get into it, they're accusing Job of oppressing the poor and uh, abusing his power. And, and uh, these days, those things are okay. Mm. those things are called expediency, you know? And so in a way, these guys are more on the same page than a lot of contemporary discussion. What is on the table between these guys is why is God doing what he's doing? Yeah. It's not really a question of is God involved in this? Is there a God? Is there a right? Is there a wrong? That's That actually is interesting. That, that never comes up. That's an assumed baseline for all of these conversations, yeah. Even when God shows up, that 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 theme continues. Mm-hmm. Is what we have is a is a is we struggle with attribution. Why, you know, Job in 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 um, he just asks it over and over and over again, and they come to different points as to why mm-hmm. this would be.
0: Yeah,
3: Job is very convinced. Um, Karen, like Karen's uh, text that she mentioned, you know, though he slay me you know, hope in him in 1315. And it's interesting, in 1515, we've got Eliphaz saying, behold, God puts no trust in his holy ones, and the heavens are not pure in his sight. And in one sense, that might be true. God doesn't trust humans, and shouldn't, Mm -hmm. in the sense that uh, we are trustworthy in all ways, yet the book opens with the premise of God trusting Job. Yeah. So we have we have these attribution things, these behind the scenes things. Job cautions his his buddies in thirteen seven. Be careful when you're speaking for God. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. use caution when you do that. And here in fifteen, uh, as Eliphaz says, God puts no trust in his holy ones. Uh, I think that that's that's on thin ice. That piece of theology right there.
2: Yeah. I think
3: they're getting a little testy here. If you look at the way
2: that you you know you look at the way that fifteen starts. They're they now they're starting to to quarrel a little, little bit about it.
0: Yeah, you know, they start laying it on. Yeah,
3: well, you're Eliphaz. Your full wind. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yes, exactly. Fill your fill your belly with the hottest wind. Yeah. So Eliphaz he starts off basically with the baseline that if God is real, then He's God and you're wrong. So why do you keep talking, basically? Mm-hmm. And, he's, and he says, would a wise person answer with empty notions? Would In they words. argue with useless words? You even undermine piety and hinder devotion. Your sin prompts your mouth. Your own mouth condemns you, right? So if if something is happening and it's from God, okay, so clearly they believe that this is all, these are all supernatural occurrences, these things that have come against Job and just brought him so low. They believe that they're supernatural. Um they attribute them to God, not the devil. And so what is the problem? Like, where has Job gone wrong, and how dare he speak up? Kind of. That's kind of what I got out of it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well, and that, that whole part about Elif, I, I keep saying Eliphaz, Eliphaz. I don't know. I need to find a Bible that actually pronounces it. Um, but that whole part about God not trusting what, what verse was that in? Uh, That's in 15 15, fifteen, fifteen. Yeah, thank you. Look, Mid- okay, that 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 swings all the way back to. Uh, he was the one who was talking earlier about the dream that he had.
3: But well, this is the uh, core. This is the central theme
0: mm-hmm.
3: of their thing: is that God is good and we are not. Yeah. You can try to be good. Yeah. But obviously, you've done something wrong, and worse yet, you're denying it. Right.
2: Yeah. He said that back at four eighteen. If he puts no trust in his servants, and if he charges his angels with error, so yeah, yeah,
1: yes, that's same, how much, same, how much more, the so
2: same so. things, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that I mean,
0: that's him continuing on that same theme, and we we have discussed where that where that thought itself might have come from.
1: <clears throat> and Job's response to all of that is it, uh, in chapter sixteen. To me, is kind of a completely understandable combination of. I'm trying. Mm -hmm. I have sewed sackcloth over my skin and buried my brow in the dust. My face is red with weeping. My hands are free of violence and my prayer is pure. Right? So he's continuing to defend himself. At the same time, he's lashing out at his friends because he starts off with, you are miserable comforters, (laughs) all of you. Will your (laughs) long-winded speeches never end? What ails you that you keep on arguing?
2: I like, Mm -hmm. not that I liked, but I, you know, I could almost relate to it pretty much when, you know, in six, though I speak, my grief is not relieved.
3: And then in seven, I'm wore out. The chapters, you mean? Surely Mm -hmm. God,
1: you have worn me out. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing Mm -hmm. is,
3: we know that it took seven days for his friends to be silent. But before and after that, we really don't have very much time scale. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we don't know if this was the next day, later in the hour, a week, a month later. And it's.
1: It would know. take me a month to write some of these speeches.
0: Yeah, well, yeah. You even think back when his wife was saying "Curse God and die." Yeah, yeah. You know, does your? I would hope that a wife wouldn't say that after only a week. <laughs> but, um, you know, and part of what I was seeing here was in chapter sixteen when Job was talking about how they don't bring any comfort. He's he's even saying, I. Could say all the same things you guys are saying mm-hmm. if our roles were reversed. Mm-hmm. We, you're not, you're not saying anything new. You're not saying anything um, unique. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I like he says. Um, I would rather try to encourage you guys. Yeah. Um, I think that was in verse. Yeah, five. I but I would strengthen you with my mouth, and the comfort of my lips would relieve your grief. I think a lot of it is not so much that Job is disagreeing. Like you said, Eric, it's not so much a disagreement in, in who's in charge and who's right and wrong, other than Job doesn't know what sin he's he's guilty of for deserving this, but he is just trying to get he's just trying to get some comfort out of his friends.
3: I think that um, as Job is seeking these answers Probably to me, some of the most profound words that he says are, you know, as Karen pointed out in 13, though he slay me, mm-hmm. there's a similar thing in 1619, where he says, um, even now, behold, my witness is in heaven, and he who testifies for me is on high. Mm. He's, he's convinced that he has an advocate, which I think is really, really interesting, because this shows up clearly in Hebrews, you know, the book of Hebrews, that Jesus is our high priest and is our advocate.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: But Job is, he's, he, I don't know how. This
1: is still under the sacrificial system.
3: This is before yeah. a lot, of, this mm-hmm. is before the Israelite sacrificial system shows up. Oh, yeah, is yes. We're way before children of Israel at this point. If if Job has been placed, oh, where yeah, we yeah. put it? Yeah, that's yeah. right. So basically, this is way, way, way early in the game. And yet Job understands the idea of a resurrection, him being made new, him facing God, and that he has somebody who is a witness in heaven who is testifying for him. Which is—that's pretty early. Yeah. I mean, this this thread this that doesn't just show up at the very end. Like, oh, hey, we meant to tell you <laughs> yeah. that all along you've got somebody here um, who's—and I think we, we look at this and we say, wow, how presumptuous is Job? He wants to speak to God. This is a—and his friends do too. They go, like, oh, you're—and yet. We get to Abram talking with God, and we're like, oh, isn't that cool? He's friends. He takes a walk yeah, with God, and he talks with God. And Enoch, which mm-hmm. we read about already, Enoch walked with God. That's all cool. And then as Job is saying, hey, talk to me, this is not a out-of-the-blue, crazy, never-heard-of-it-before kind of concept yeah. that God would actually talk to us and, and answer us these things. Job is asking something that, given the context of what we've seen and studied so far is not unreasonable. Yeah. But I I think too that,
2: and this might be the first time, correct me if I'm wrong, but I was reading Ellen G. White. I don't think we mentioned her name, you know, the whole time we've been talking so far. But she said that during the garden, Adam and Eve knew the fall. They knew what Satan was going to do. They knew that he was out there roaming around and, and that kind of thing and could tempt them at this point. So, what makes it you know out of the realm of possibility that God had already set up? you know this is kind of how it plays out that you know I could be here for you, I could walk and talk with you and have that kind of close relationship with you and and give them a little bit of a heads up
3: mm-hmm. It could happen Joe didn't get the heads up in this case, and I think that's the that's the premise of the you know, that and, if you want to call and how it that. and how far we're out from still the
2: you know, passed on history and maybe not written history of, you know, our ancestors walked and talked with God. These are the things that were said. This is our oral history, you know, and that's kind of what he's hedging his bet on right now is that Mm -hmm. this is how God said he was going to work.
1: Well, there was obviously, I mean, the whole, like right when the fall happened, you know, we, Adam and Eve, you know, they kill the animal, they sacrifice, God shows them how to do Mm -hmm. it. Sacrifice the animal, make, clothing out of the skins, you know, I mean, it's just kind of like this horrible process. And, and like, there had to be some education that went along with that. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, this is why you're doing this. This is why you're sacrificing an animal.
0: Yeah, I guess if you, if you were to just take the text purely as it's written, it would be like Adam and Eve got kicked out of the garden and okay, you guys are on your own. With
1: no explanation. And that That just doesn't
0: seem likely at all, especially... With with in light of this, with the idea of Job having this idea of already having an intermediary in heaven for him,
1: Cain and Abel knew what they were supposed to sacrifice, or it wouldn't have been an issue when Cain didn't. Yeah, I think it's
2: that old, that oral history that yeah that we we like everything written down and a great guide for it, and I think they needed that too, and that's why it came along. I actually
1: prefer it if everything's on the internet <laughs> as well.
2: Um, but you know, I think that's kind of. You know, if you look back historically, that's kind of how it started as an oral history. It was just passed down that way.
3: Yeah, there's a lot of things that we've got to, that as we read, to, to really watch for and say, wait, 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 a minute, where'd that come from? Mm-hmm. Kind of thing.
1: Which verse is it? Okay, so you know how sometimes you see a Shakespeare play, and you hear part of the script, and you realize that's something we still say today? I found one of those when I was reading all these chapters, is where Job, Job and this is According to the scholarly timeline in one of my Bibles, this happens. This book occurs in approximately 1520 BC. And Job says, I did such and such by the skin of my teeth. And I was like, wait, what? Have we actually been saying that for thousands of years?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, there has to have been some, these these stories have to have been passed down. I don't think we know who wrote Job. Um, But even when we get, Back into Genesis, I and mean, we the tradition being that Moses wrote Genesis. Yeah. Well, I mean, who was telling Moses this stuff? This had to have just been probably passed down parents to children. Um, we didn't even have priests yet at this point. So this had to have just been a basic... Oral
3: history. Oral history is people telling the stories over and over again. Yeah, because Job, at the beginning and at the end of the book, is the one offering sacrifices. Mm-hmm. He yeah. doesn't head to a priest to do this. He does this.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: There's a lot of... I just want to say that as, as an interesting coincidence, if you will, I've been reading uh, Psalms at the same time as Job. That's just kind of how it's worked out for me. And it's really remarkable how much... Of the early Psalms, strongly, and I would put that word in all caps, <laughs> strongly echo the Book of Job, mm-hmm. very strongly. I mean, here, here, let me just read this to you. And if, you, if I didn't tell you this was in Psalms, it's in Psalms twenty-seven, twelve. And just, can you picture this being right out of Job's mouth? I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Mm-hmm. wait for the Lord, let your heart take courage, wait for the Lord.
1: I know that my Redeemer lives, and I will see him in the
3: mm-hmm. flesh. In my flesh, I will see him. I mean, it's it's almost uncanny, it made me think, like, wait a minute, David didn't actually write all this, and borrowed a
0: lot of stuff from Job.
3: <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, and Job he' waiting for him to... Uh... Say he plagiarized anything? He was, (laughs) he was safe then. Yeah, (laughs) and Job does. Okay,
1: we're all going to see God.
2: But you know, I think I think about this part though too. Is you know when you have something that you can see and look at that's effective, and you try to mimic it a little bit. So if he was able to per se maybe read Job at that, and that was his you know holy text or you know something to refer to, I think, and you've read it enough and studied enough, you might start to sound like it and echo it because you know what? Hey, if it worked for Job, Mm -hmm. it can work for me. And there's nothing like running around, you know, fleeing for your life that you're going to get some of this heartfelt stuff coming out. Yeah,
3: absolutely. Especially after he'd been not to digress too far out of the book of Job, but after you feel like, Hey, I, I thought this was the deal. Like I thought I was getting, you know, what was behind door, you know, number one, but what's this about? Yeah. And, David struggled with that a lot, and Job is struggling with that his 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 assumption slash knowledge of who God is versus what's happening to him. Again, we get back to attribution,
2: but it's an almost parallel to it. And like I said, I don't
3: want to jump too far ahead, but
2: you know, you look at David. David early on is that you know he lived with his father, he was a shepherd. Things things were. We're good. Just let's call him good. He was anointed. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, it kind of breaks loose from there. You know, I'm supposed to have all these great things going for me, and yet I'm running around here fleeing for my life. Fleeing
1: for my life, yes.
2: Yeah. And exactly kind of what Eric's saying on that. This is not what I bargained for. It's not how I anticipated. Yeah. Same thing with Job. Yeah. You know what? Everything is going good. I have my family. I have my riches. And then it's all taken away within a matter of, you know, a short span of time. Yeah. And it's like I didn't I didn't quite bargain for this. I don't know where it's going. It makes you uh question everything.
0: Yeah, it makes you question everything. It makes I don't know, it would make me it would make me get pretty nervous if I felt like I was quote unquote doing the right things and being prosperous, you know? And how much am I getting to be in the limelight? How much of a target is being put on my back now by this? You know, because it does seem like when, when someone is blessed through doing, following God's will, God's law, if you will, um, because that does tend to be a natural consequence. I think generally, if you follow God's will, you're going to live well. It doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be rich and, you know, super healthy, whatnot, but you are going to have certain blessings in your life from it, but, um, it puts you out there as a target and, um, you might have to watch out a little bit.
1: So in Job 19, starting in verse 23, there's this spiel, which, which I like, and it makes me wonder who wrote this book. Like, who was it that was capturing this? Like, this was a lot of talking. Was there, was Job so wealthy that he had a scribe? You know, how did this become the book of Job? But he says, oh, that my words were recorded. Well, he starts off, before that, have pity on me, my friends, have pity, for the hand of God has struck me. Why do you pursue me as God does? Will you never get enough of my flesh? Like, he's just feeling thoroughly punished here, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, that my words were recorded, that they were written on a scroll, that they were inscribed with an iron tool on lead or engraved on rock forever. Like, he's, he's suffering, and he wants this moment marked. And then, and then to me, this is kind of a non sequitur, but he goes right into one of my, you know, one of my favorite verses in the Bible. I know that my Redeemer lives and that in the end, he will stand on the earth. And after my skin has been destroyed, yet in my flesh, I will see God. I myself will see him with my own eyes. I am not another how my heart yearns within me. Like he is at his last, right? Like he is barely holding on to sanity, And anything else here, physical comfort is gone. Like, he's just like this broken shell of humanity. And he just wants this to end so he can see his Redeemer.
2: But he clings to the promise. He
1: does. It's awesome. and, And
2: once again, I think it's right back to the very beginning that if you look at Adam and Eve, who did they think was going to be the Redeemer and get them back to where they needed to? They were hoping it was going to be their children. Yeah. yeah. Well,
1: they yeah, they knew you know, that there was but they be knew the plan. A ch- yeah, so they knew the plan. S- what was it, Seth? Like mm-hmm. the third named boy that we know about in the Bible?
2: You know, yeah. so I, I think it kind of goes back that to that is they they knew the plan. Mm-hmm. You know, they knew the redemption's the plan, but it's, you know, putting it together is it going to be, you know, within my lifetime kind of thing.
1: Mhm. Please, please, please. Mhm. Mm-hmm.
3: We skipped over 18 real quick, and Mm -hmm. and that's worth skipping, mostly. Um, (laughs) um, But I I would say that it's interesting, Bildad speaks, and they have a very, Job's friends have a very tidy view of the world. (laughs) You know, if you do good, only good things will happen to you. If you do bad, obviously bad things will happen to you. I want to go live there. Right. But ironically, um, and David struggles with this a lot in in Psalms. Yeah. Is that the wicked do prosper. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're operating on the principles of a fallen world in a fallen world. And if you're operating on those principles in that type of environment, you tend to prosper. Yep. For the time being. Yep. Um, and it's interesting. Job doesn't really address that a lot. He does he, in chapter 21. Well, it is, as it relates to him, he does. But as it relates to a universal principle okay. of like, oh, you know, sometimes the other wicked people, blah, blah, blah. For the most part, he's concerned with where he is. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, he does say in 21, you make a good point, Matt, is that he does say, hey, you know what? Even if the wicked, it, uh, let's see, 2116, uh, is that even if the wicked prosper, given the principles of the world, he doesn't want it. He's like, even if being wicked or acting this way mm-hmm. would get me ahead, I don't want it. Right. Yeah. And I just find it interesting that they have such, Job's friends have such black and white theology, and they are so sure of what's right and wrong. And I think it would be worth taking a sip of the huma- humility ourselves as we look at things um, because they're quite sure about everything. Yeah. Yeah. And they're also quite wrong about a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And so I think to take Job's warning, you know, be cautious as you speak for God. Um, I think it's okay to seek because Job isn't scolded ever for asking the questions. Now, he's mm-hmm. not always given the answers, but he's not scolded for asking the questions. And I think that maybe as we go through this and other things, asking the questions and really seeking is an okay thing. Um, but being absolutely so certain that we have it all figured out and that we speak for God, that that should come with some humility, Mm -hmm. not doubt as if we don't know anything that God said. We're like, gosh, I have no idea at all because Mm -hmm. I think we do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I think being absolutely, you know, adamant is, uh, yeah. I think I'm going to Wash steal off. one
2: of Matt's coin phrases that he used Uh-oh, probably a couple weeks ago. But <laughs> I think it's like you're saying, I think it's earnestly seeking and studying and being a student of the Bible opposed to, like you said, uh, you know, a few weeks ago. And I, I think you've, I think you've coined this phrase quite a bit. And it's kind of stuck with me is trying to build a theology or a doctrine out of one verse, mm, Yeah, you know, and saying, you know what, I have all the answers and this is where it is
3: where we're kind of at in today's age. right? But you got to use this particular translation or my whole theology falls apart. <laughs>
0: yeah,
3: exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you know, I was reading through all this, and like you were just saying here, how had Job's friends have this black and white concept of how everything was going. It's interesting to me, have they forgotten where Job came from? You know, do, it seems
3: uh, like it. It almost seems like they just... That they. Don't know where he started from because it doesn't fit their theology. I,
0: I don't know. It is because he's. I mean, he starts the whole thing off very prosperous, very blessed in what would be their their eyes. You know, um, do they think that he just all of a sudden become became this awful, awful, horrible person and started doing these terrible, terrible things? Uh, it's, it was just interesting to me. I was wondering why in the world would they suddenly.
3: Turn on him so quickly, like that. Well, I don't know that they turned on him because, in their theology, he must have done something wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, they're just trying to shake him to see what fell, what falls out. Yes. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. And they're they're I think they're earnest in what they're doing. And it's interesting in so um, far in in chapter twenty, verses twelve through eighteen. He's talking about, which is an interesting counterpoint to some of the other guys saying that the wicked, the evil, um, although it seems sweet in his mouth, this is 2012, though he hides it in his tongue, though he's loath to let it go and holds it in his mouth, yet his food is turned in his stomach. It is venom of cobras within him. He, he's saying, and it's interesting, 12 through 18 here is is a lot about. Prosperity turning bad.
1: Oh, yeah. And he,
3: and He'll this is...
1: Spit out the riches he swallowed.
3: Right. And this is a an echo that sounds a lot. Job 20, uh, 28, I have. The wicked man's portion is from God, and inherited the decree born by God. Is that eventually, as this turns out, it sounds a lot like Revelation 18. Revelation 18 if you remember, is a chapter that talks a lot about the prosperity of trade, illicit trade, um, and against God's principles, turning bad. Mm-hmm. And it goes good, it goes good, it goes good, it goes good, and then in Revelation the word comes up, in an hour, in that very hour, oh, and that same, it all turns bad. And here in, in 12 through uh, 18, he seems to foreshadow that, that yes, the wicked can prosper, and yes, they can have all these wonderful things, but in the end, in the very end, it turns bad. Mm-hmm. So there's this. There's this. That's why it's for me so hard to read Job because there are legitimate insights these guys have. Yeah, and it's sorting through what is their own personal theology and view of the world, and where that does align with what we see elsewhere in Scripture, mm-hmm. and where it
1: doesn't.
0: Yeah, it's not like everything they're saying is bad. Yeah, and there's a
1: lot of partial truth and, here,
0: and, and, and that's almost part of that's that's part of what's making it so hard to read it, like you say, because if you just read what they're if you're just reading what they're saying, you're like, well, this really sounds like pretty good advice. You know, look and you've obviously sinned, repent, um, and and uh, and God is going to bless you because I think that's true. If we repent, we will be blessed by God. Um, but yeah it's hard to unpack this well but yeah it's uh
1: so one of the interesting things about job is that he he really has a relationship with god yes he really does yes, and in does. 23 he comes back to it so all all of these spiels that were like the sin and the this and the that and yet and then when joe gets to talking he keeps coming back to the relationship and he says um If only I knew where to find him. If only I could go to his dwelling. I would state my case before him and fill my mouth with arguments. Like, he really just, like, answer me, God. I want to talk to you. He says, but if I go to the east, he's not there. If I go to the west, I don't find him. When he is at work in the north, I do not see him. When he turns to the south, I catch no glimpse of him. But he knows the way that I take. When he has tested me, I come forth as gold. My feet have followed closely in his steps he can't, and like, he's trying to approach God, and he can't find
2: him. See, but I think it's the same pattern everywhere. I don't think he deviates far from that, ever. Mm-hmm. In every single, you know, um, spiel that he has and outpouring of his heart, he's always quick to say, you know what, but I know it's you. Mm-hmm. I know I need to somehow get back to you. Mm-hmm. You know, just like how you finish there mm-hmm. is the same thing with, you know, putting my feet in stocks and leading me a certain me, right. yep, a certain way that you know exactly where I'm gonna step and where I'm gonna go. Yeah, 14, but, 20, but still I can't find you. Still you still you're not answering me.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah.
3: In twenty three fourteen he says yep. essentially that for he will complete what he appoints for me. Like he's gonna do what he's gonna do. Right.
1: And then he follows that by saying, This is why I am terrified before him. When I think of all this I fear him. Yeah, because, I mean, he's just so much bigger than you. Like, you're this tiny little human, and you're created by him, and you have a relationship with him, and you love him, and he is still way, way, way bigger than you. He seems
3: to, but at the same time, this is for extra, a difficult thing. In 2012, um, Job's friend, would, he's, the beginning part of that is almost a defense against his friends. I've not departed from the commandments of his lips. But this is what's cool. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my portion of food. Yeah. Again, that sounds like Psalms.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, that he, although he does not understand, he's questioning what's going on. He that's would like some answers.
1: 2312, by the way. I started to flip for it, Matt. That's 2312. Mm, yeah, 2312,
3: sorry. And, yeah, that's one of the challenges for me. Is not intellectually seeing this or understanding it <laughs> which is enough of a challenge for sure but it's emotionally saying hey how how can someone who is in such um, suffering still say you know what I'm I'm in, in the face of his friends theology no less not only his own experience but their theology be true to God say um, nope I'm sticking this out with with uh, with God.
1: I don't like it. I want some answers, but.
3: Yeah. hmm Because his friends are coming down on him really hard. <laughs> you know, for because it's interesting. In 22, 5 through 11, Eliphaz is saying, For you have exacted ple- uh, pledges of your brothers for nothing, and stripped the naked of their clothing. You have given no water to the weary to drink, and blah, 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 blah. Okay, so either either Eliphaz is wrong here, or the very introduction in Job 1-1 is wrong. Right. Yeah, right. Because what Eliphaz is saying is not what Job introduces us to who he is.
0: Yeah, I think that was where in this week's reading where I started thinking, it's like, have you guys forgotten who Job is? Have you guys, for, I mean, you guys supposed to be his friends? You're the ones who came and hung out with him while all this went bad. <laughs> what, what is it that you're seeing in him now that's making you think that he could be so, so such a bad
1: guy. Yeah. This is not your wickedness great? Are not your sins endless? Yeah. <laughs> this is why snares are all around you, why sudden peril terrifies you. But
2: correct you. me if I'm wrong, though. His friends are coming from different places. Yeah. It's not like, you know, in, in our communities where we could reach out one window and touch the neighbor's house. Yeah. You know, so, you know, I'm wondering if they're kind of going with the premise that says, you know, I don't see everything you do, but I live far enough away that maybe you are... Taking water and you know and clothing, everything else because I don't see your day to day. Yeah, it could be. Granted, I see your riches, but then they're questioning the riches. Sure. Did you get them from you know sinful, sinful acts and Smoking. that You know that kind of thing where you know I don't see your day to day.
3: Their premise is in in uh, twenty two, chapter twenty two, um, verses twenty one to twenty three is straight up pure prosperity gospel. Agree with God and be at peace. Mm-hmm. Thereby good will come to you. <laughs> Receive instruction from his mouth and lay up words in his heart. If you return to the Almighty, you will be built up.
1: Mm-hmm. If you remove injustice
3: from your tents, you know, and so on and so on. That's their that's their premise of, of how things work, and we're told and this is important. Because this in the in the in the building that we now sit, um I have heard this same theology thrown I shouldn't say thrown because it sounds um, that it was hateful in intent and I don't think it was is it one person telling another person well the reason you weren't healed is you just didn't pray hard enough mm. you know yeah. is it and we're still using we're still using the theology of Eliphaz. life as yeah if you just got your life together you wouldn't have a hard time which is disproven over and over and over in the show me somebody who was the, godly and had an easy life because he was godly right or yeah. she it does not happen right it doesn't happen and yet this theology of you know do good and God's gonna bless you with everything is is it still survives but I think it survives because it's
2: it, the simplicity of it
3: oh
1: sure it's you know easy. It, we want it, it. Because,
2: because you don't have to dig. Because the more dig, the more digging you do, and the more seeking you do, you find out that all these characters had flaws. Where it's easy to just to go back simply and say, you know what, Garden of Eden, everything was good, there was no sin, you had everything that you needed. You sinned, it got taken away. But if you go back and do what's right, you'll get it all again.
1: It doesn't but restore think, the Garden of Eden, though.
2: Exactly, but yeah. I think it it, res- it restores. The good stuff.
1: It restores you to God, but it doesn't restore your circumstances. Where
2: if you dig deep enough that you understand that there's more that goes into that. You know, there's, you know, look at grace, look at, you know, mercy, you know, the whole redemption thing. I think we we pass over that in just in the hopes of making it all simple. Do good, get good stuff, you'll be okay.
0: You know, I think this is part of what... Makes Christianity more viable, in my mind, being that so many other of the uh, ancient religions, more pagan ones, it seems like it was a lot of you know do sacrifices to bring on good crops and to bring prosperity and to make all these things happen and be good and, ha- and wonderful. And if you're, you know, if you if you're doing something bad, then obviously you know the gods want something from you. And that is so not that is so not the narrative of Christianity. It's so different, but it's so
3: tempting because it because it's it's what I call what I've spoken of before is the God button. Mm-hmm. You can picture it as like these little lab rats in a in a cage, and if you push the blue lever, you know you get maple syrup, and yeah. if you push the red lever, you get a shock. And it's just like oh well, then why aren't we all just like laying on the the first one? And and it's that's the. Because that's what the pagan religions were. If you give the angry God what the angry God wants, you appeasing yeah, the God, you get you push the blue lever, you get the good things. Yeah. And that is, that puts us in control. We get the God button. And we get to push it as often as we want to. And mm-hmm. then when we get we what we want.
1: We might have to make a horrible, horrible sacrifice yes. to get it, but we st- still are in control. Right. Mm-hmm.
3: And that's what it boils down to. And various religions have come up with all kinds of things that we do, you know whether it's giving up your money or whether it's giving up certain foods or whether it's giving up um, sexuality or it's giving up um, a, a day or is you're giving up whatever. it's just that basically what the, all of those things have in common is that they, they as you said Tracy, they discount grace yes because I'm earning this yes. and in the end, God owes me.
1: I said I was sorry 17 times. I counted it off on my beads, therefore.
3: Uh-huh. Or, or, yes. And, 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 and every religion that I'm aware of, including people in Christianity who do not understand grace, have a version of those beads. Yes, 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 yes. And, and it may not be, be. Beads make a good metaphor, and in some cases they're literal. But in, in many cases they're, they're metaphorical. I'm going to do this and this and this and this. And then it will all be good Mm -hmm. for me. And Job's friends propose this is the case. Um, And Job, interestingly, is basically saying, Look, I'm doing that. Right. But it's still not working. Yes. I don't understand. And I would really like God to explain this, which is why it's important that we have chapter one in the book of Job Mm -hmm. so that we understand that some of these things happen above and outside of what we are given to understand or explain uh, and comprehend at the time.
1: One of the interesting things to me in the book of Job is that there's no discussion of the devil.
3: No, it's not mentioned. It's it's just, there's,
1: all of this is attributed to God. All of it. For for unknown God reasons. Fire came down from God. Yep, fire came down from God and destroyed family and houses and animals were stolen and, like, all of these things happened and it's all attributed to God and and I wonder why, I wonder why, like, obviously I never lived in this era under this sacrificial system, but like, in the New Testament, there's all this emphasis on Satan is going about like a roaring lion, seeking people to devour, and he is the prince of this world, and all of this stuff, like he is, there is an active force creating evil and tempting and pushing and pulling, and all of this stuff is going on. And we're warned against him blatantly. And for some reason, but back here, it's just not even mentioned. Right. And it's not like
3: it's not like he only shows up once we hit the New Testament, but right? right. he takes Jesus out to tempt him, you right. know, after the fasting, because he shows up in the first three chapters of Genesis. Yeah, he does. Yeah. And so he's there.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: He's active.
1: Hmm.
3: But as you say, and I don't have an explanation for it, why is, when we get to these issues of attribution, is he not mentioned? And, spoiler alert, (laughs) as God speaks to Job, which he eventually does, God doesn't say, well, okay, let me just set something straight. Ah. I I actually never did this. He just goes to, I know things you don't know. And that is super, super hard to swallow. But yet, Job stays consistent, I think you mentioned this, Tracy, through the entire book. It's like, I'm going to trust him. Even though I do not understand it, I'm going to trust it. Although, although I will say, in 2412, I was a little shocked. Um, it, Job is he's basically accusing God for withholding judgment. Um, from out of the city, the dying groan and the soul of the wounded cries for help. Yet God charges no one with wrong. Hmm. Like, oh man, Joe put on some pretty big pants there where he's, <laughs> where he's um, accusing God of, of being, um, what should I say, um, unjust.
0: He's getting close there to what Satan was saying he would do. You know? I mean, that was kind of the whole point. If you take all these things away, you watch, he's gonna he's gonna curse you. He's not quite
3: there. And it's interesting though that he's he's not speaking of himself in this. Yeah. He's speaking of others, but he's he is addressing a real thing that happens in the book of Job and um, happens in the Psalms and happens elsewhere that the, the wicked seem to prosper and like, hey, where's judgment? Like, where is this?
1: When, yeah, when's this gonna happen? This—that's actually the end of a spiel. That whole "but God charges no one with wrongdoing" is actually like there's this is happening and this is happening and this is happening. There's this long list, and mm-hmm. then but God charges everyone no with wrongdoing. Where is judgment? Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. That's hard. So it's
0: yeah. It almost seems like up. he's been going on. I haven't done anything, but all these people have. Yeah. What about them, God? Which makes me think back to. Um, Jesus walking with Peter and, and Peter's sinned. like, you know, well, and Peter's like, <laughs> Peter's like well, what about him? And Jesus is
3: like, well, if I want him to live forever, what's that to you? Oh, right, right. That's, John, that's John and Peter. You know what? I, yeah. Jesus, talk, Jesus talking with John about yeah. Peter. Yeah. Yeah. And he says, I'm not talking about him. I'm yeah. talking about you. Yeah. But I think that's a human plight, though. Oh, sure. All the time. It's like when we
2: get into a little trouble, it's, it's easier to look at somebody else and say, well, they did the same thing. When, when did they get in trouble? Well, my sins
1: made sense to me. Yours you know, don't, so it, you should be punished but I, for
2: sure. But I think it's back to what we were you know, talking about in the beginning is that Job is, it gives you the human element in the whole chapter. You know, the whole book gives you the human element of going through like each phase that we can go through with heartache, temptation, you know, everything all accumulated in there. You're going to question God. You're going to see exactly what's going on. And then, you know, try to make adjustments there and, and see what the problem is. Yeah. No, that whole that whole chapter
0: of twenty-four, basically the notes I put down is that Job is and in some ways he's acknowledging there's wicked in the world and wicked should be punished. Um, wickedness should be punished. Um And the last note I have down here is in, uh, for 22 through 24, my paraphrase of that is basically that God gives everything, but people still die. You know, God, uh, let's see, how, how, how do you put it? He, you know, he gives security. Um, he watches over them. Everybody gets lifted up for a little bit and then they're dead.
1: You know? (laughs)
0: Um, so, um, does all like Ecclesiastes. It does, I was just thinking vanity, <laughs> yeah. vanity, yeah. all is vanity. Yeah, <laughs> nothing makes any sense and it's all terrible and horrible. And, um, but it really does, it does seems to be, he's, you know, the whole chapter, the, the, the title given at the beginning of the chapter in my Bible is Job Complains of Violence on the Earth. And it's kind of just him saying, there's all kinds of things going on and it, it just doesn't seem like those things are being punished. Um, Yet here I am.
1: Here I am. And I'm as, I'm I'm as pious as I know how to be. And yet.
0: Mm -hmm. And here I am. I'm suffering these things too. And it's, it's really a, it's really a warning against thinking that if we just do what God says, that everything's always going to be good, always going to be great. And, and uh, we're going to be prosperous and we're going to be happy and healthy and because it's really, it's not necessarily the case. It's really not. Um, bad things still happen to good people. And um,
1: well, that was the main thing I noticed in this whole thing was the absence of acknowledgement of the devil. And I, 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 my counterpart to that is that I was raised by a father who would if somebody was struggling with something in their life and why, and I don't understand one of the things that he would interject. And I can, I can't even count the number of times I heard him say this over the years was, well, if you believe in a living devil, then you need to consider that aspect as well. Right. Mm -hmm. Because everyone would automatically look to their relationship with God. And that's great, but we don't live in that atmosphere. We live in an atmosphere where there is other stuff as well. It's not just us and God where the relationship should be nice and clean and tidy like we would like it to be and if we clean up our end then things are good like we like but but we're think, not there
2: you know i think that's it fits right into exactly what we're talking about in job the very first chapter of job yep it it un opens up that veil you know that supernatural realm that you see what's going on behind the scenes yep. you know with God have you considered my servant job he's he's having a conversation with the devil mm-hmm. you know and I think that's that kind of that's what opens it up that everything I've read in this um there was a quarterly out with about job is that's what it does it unleashes that opens up that veil behind the scenes to the supernatural realm mm-hmm. something that we don't always consider but just with that statement that you said it's consider this.
1: What is it, a thousand years in heaven where we get to sit down and judge? And, and see the, behind the scenes. Right. The saints get to sit down and judge and actually see what was going on.
2: You know, and I was reading that this week. It was like if you could pull that back and see the struggles yeah. that are going on around you, maybe to keep you protected or, you know, that thing. And I think of perfect example was for us last night. I know I'm getting off and it's towards the end. But um, an accident yesterday seemed to be our close calls yesterday and, you know, we were driving and I literally saw the headlights coming on the passenger side of with my son and my wife sitting there and, you know, what could I do?
0: Yeah.
2: So needless to say, I ramped it up to about 9,000 RPMs and, mm-hmm. and, you know, gave the truck all it could to avoid an accident, but that's awfully close enough to make you really jittery in the whole thing and saying, you know, this could have, could have been my end.
1: Yeah. I'm, I, you know, what we all have a guardian angel. What stories mm-hmm. could they tell? Exactly. You know, we, we have our own limited point of view because there's so much going on that's invisible to us. And you
2: know, Tracy, it wasn't all the RPMs. I gave you a little nudge.
1: Yeah. You yeah, know? yeah, totally.
3: Yeah. Yeah. yeah as Karen, you mentioned, um, you know, that the, the, the righteous get to judge. And that makes a lot of people nervous that we are somehow given authority over God. Um.
1: The well, Judgment's I, already I, taken place at that point. Yeah, and so,
3: so maybe maybe to, um, the way I tend to think of it is, is it's a post facto grand jury. It right? is. Mm-hmm. Is that judgment has happened. Mm-hmm. We don't get to change the judgment. But what we do get to do is we get to investigate the behind the scenes. In a in, 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 in sense, it would be the equivalent of reading Job Chapter two, right through the end, and then saying, God saying, Well, this is what happened, and we think, Wow, that's really interesting. And then say, Now I want to show you this. Chapter
1: one
3: this is the recording that happened that did not, that you did not see. And then we see it and we think, Ah, right, okay, now I understand why the judgment happened the way that it did, and I feel that the judgment that has already happened. Is a just one, mm-hmm. and this is what Job is seeking. He does not see Job chapter one.
1: It's yeah. to
2: answer the burning, your burning question. Yeah, you know. But I also think about it too. Is that it's not going to be in a judgmental eye. No, because, no.
1: clarification.
2: Yeah, and that's all it's going to be.
1: But yeah. that thousand years—that's where every tear gets wiped away, yep. and that's because we finally get it right. We get to read chapter one of all of the stuff. So
2: you're not going to be, you know, and I think people get a little bit anxious about, well, they're going to be able to see exactly what I did and how my heart was. But I think we also have that veil of mercy and grace. And we know that, you know what, this is all because of our Savior. Yeah. And no matter what we've done, where we've come from, that um, his grace prevailed over it all. Yeah. Yep. So I don't think there's a judgmental spirit whatsoever.
1: Not at all. It's vindication of Mm -hmm. God's character by showing us the chapter one. That's what it is. I
2: think it's just love for everybody.
1: Yeah.
0: All right. Well, I think that's going to be a good place to stop for today. We're going to pick up again next week. Uh, We're going to get. We're going to do chapter twenty-five. We're going to go through chapter uh, thirty-seven. Yeah. Um, and that will get us right up before God actually responds. We've got some good discourse yes, from.
1: God.
0: We're gonna have a good, nice, long discourse from Job um, next week. A lot to talk about there, and then following week after that, we'll get into what God has to say. But uh, for the time being, thanks for listening, and we look forward to talking to you again next week.